Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of kink. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters. Thank you, Jay Witcherman, Brianna Lynn, Daddy Jay, Fabe, Embers, Blossom, Claire, Jam Today, Mr. N and Mrs. Jess, Mistress Goodgirl, Lady Blooding, Primal Empress, Kaze, Roxy, Naughty and Nice, Butte Pain, Northern Sir, Manda Panda, Cat, Stefan, Brooklyn B, Shadow Phoenix, Serenity Deb, Robert, Ruby R, Christopher, Kilted Sir, Sam. Firegood and his good boy Grant, Brian, May Cry Devil, Ruby Riot, Jay Swizz, Mistress Velma, Enchanted Sparrow, Blown Deuce, The Wombat, Impact Hazard, Twitch, Lioness X, The Midnight Girl, Sinful, Mrs. and Mr. Hart, J21, Daisy If You Do, Princess Katharina and Katharina's Thrall, Harley Chick, Violet Rain, Serenity, Belle, Puppy Mike, Jedi Kitten 17, Eric, Cat Daddy, Sweetie Todd, Lady Affliction, Dr. Dave, Sunshine, and Pumpkin Pie. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters will get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. Content warning. We are discussing religion. However, in typical pink kink fashion, we make a lot of jokes. We are very silly and we goof around a lot. And that may offend some people for who religion is very important to them. We don't want anybody to be offended. So if you aren't sure whether or not this topic will work for you, then please feel free to skip this week and come back next week. We promise we won't take any offense. Our daddy who art in dungeon BDSM be thy name. Thy subs may come, thy will be done, at home as it is in dungeon. <laughs> Bless us this kink. I don't know. I could keep going, but I'm, I think may, that's it. May, may your ass be sore. No, may your ass be pink. Oh, yes. May your Bless ass be pink. Bless us this kink. May your ass be pink. Ah, we rhymed. I feel much better. I like oh, rhymes. Oh, yes. Okay. We, we can keep going with that, but anybody else who wants to add on to it, I think this will be brilliant, 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 I tell you. Because we're geniuses. Actually, in this case, Monk is the genius. They're the one that wrote it, but, you know, I said it pretty good. Yes. We do have a very special, special guest with us today. We have the glorious Phrygian Monk. Hi, I'm happy that? to be here. Phrygian I, Monk, yes, that Phrygian. is how you pronounce it. I only know because I've seen them in lives say their name. <laughs> well, I haven't. So the only part I got was monk. And I was like, Fagrian free, free, what? <laughs> so thank you. 
You might have actually done a new one there. I keep track of the ways that people <laughs> pronounce my name, and I think Fragrian is a new one. I think I said Fragrian. Fagrian? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to add that to the list. That, that has definitely not been done before. You're welcome. <laughs> what, what, what else can I say except you're I, welcome? I can't, I can't take Dara anywhere or nowhere. That's true. I have been dying to have Monk on for forever because one of the things that I love about you, Monk, is nobody would ever guess your age. You are so mature and so well-spoken and so intelligent and thoughtful when it comes to all things kink. And Should I leave it's you impressive. two alone? We, we need a moment to ourselves. Okay. I'm sure Lulu would understand. She probably would. I'm sure. <laughs> But one of the things that Monk knows a lot about is religion and how it integrates with kink. Yes. Fascinating subject. Like, I am actually really, really interested in this. I haven't, like, delved into it. But uh, so I'm going to be the one asking a bunch of questions today from you guys because, well, Monk, you're, you're the one that actually knows all the stuff. And Rara just went through and did a bunch of research and i'm sitting here like we're, we're doing what so in other words it's a day ending and why basically yeah yeah but it was actually i love doing the research for this i even had to look up judaism and how it relates to sex because while i am very proud as a jew it's about the cultural aspect of it and less about the religion i have i have issues because even you know, as with most religions, it's very misogynistic. So even Judaism. Yeah. But the culture I'm very much into. And so trying to figure out how Jews view sex was fascinating. I got information from people who aren't Jewish and how they view it. I even found somebody did their thesis, their doctoral thesis on BDSM as a religious practice. Oh, shit. That's awesome. I think we actually both read that thesis. Yeah. Because I, I read something very similar. Oh, I totally want to read that. Um, Allison Robertson, I think, is the name. I read one once where the she was she joined uh, BDSM in order to write about it for her thesis. But I don't think it was I, I don't think it was anything to do with religion. All right. Well, why don't we start off with, Monk, why don't you let us know what your background is in regards to religion? Yeah. So I am the child of a pastor. I grew up in the Christian religion, specifically um, the Presbyterian Church, even more specifically. Uh, and so that was basically my entire life. And throughout my life, I've been very involved in religious music, religious worship, um, I've led youth group before, uh, and that all came to a crashing halt at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, where I ended up leaving the church. And so for me, it, there's been a lot of uh, just deconstructing my own faith and what I believe, um, as well as learning for several years how to balance being so involved in religion and also being a very, very kinky person. Yeah, I have a friend who I remember having a conversation with her years ago, all, very religious, you know, attends church regularly, grew up 
with it, has has faith. And she really struggled with combining the two, her, her desire for kink and her faith. And I've never personally had that issue. <laughs> Wasn't a big deal for me, but she she struggled. And I've since run into more people that have had that same issue. I never struggled. I I actually had the same background as Monk. Grew up, went to church all the time. Uh, let's see. One half of my family is Italian and the other half is Hispanic. So we are Catholic. Like, been Catholic since Peter was Pope kind of Catholic. And if you guys knew my family's real names, I mean, it's actually sickening how Catholic we are. How uh, Catholic are you? I just said that I can't say the real <laughs> names. However, <laughs> there's, um, let's see, I went to church as a kid. I did church choir. I was in Sunday school youth group. I taught Sunday school for a little bit. I went to Catholic school. I mean, the whole shebang. Uh, got confirmed and everything. But I started to kind of like fade away from it. And then I did leave the church in 2008 and kind of never went back. And there is a reason for it. And I probably fit that in later. I'm sure, Monk, you know your exact day and your exact reason. You were just like, mm, no. There, there are several reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and several incidents that happened um the first was a few people in the church finding out that i was hmm, maybe not entirely vanilla and straight uh, and the their reaction was definitely one of the first times that i had really been like but why is it a big deal you know mm -hmm. um because through my early adult years i started in kink when i was 18 and i also started um leading in the church when i was 18 slightly before that, actually, I struggled to find a balance between the two. And I had just started to come to terms with that when, you know, somebody found out and their reaction was so viscerally negative that I was like very shaken. Um, and it, it was one of those incidences where I feel like had the pandemic not happened, I don't know where I would be. Um, I might have gone the route of like super religious and just left this lifestyle altogether, but for better or for worse, the pandemic happened <laughs> and some other things in, got involved. And that's when I ended up leaving the church. My specific one was uh, my first husband actually SA'd me and I felt like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? I want to leave him. But we got married in the Catholic church. I don't know if, you know what. So I, I wanted some help. So I went to confession and I told them and da, 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 da. And he said, and I quote, go home to your husband. And if he does it again, then you can leave him. I went, nope, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I had something similar with my first, um, my first husband, uh, not to that level, but he was starting to get abusive and I had to get a restraining order. And the rabbi had come to me and was like, do you think there's any way you could forgive him? And I'm like, no, not so much. 
but I know that he continued to counsel and advise my ex-husband. So by the time I saw the rabbi again, a month or two later, he was like, you made the right choice. (laughs) So I don't know what was said during counseling, but yeah, see for me and for me, I've never been at the religious end of Judaism. I, you know, we, we used to call ourselves holiday Jews. So we'd go to temple for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. We'd light the Hanukkah candles and we'd have a Passover Seder. There you go. We're Jewish. (laughs) But when I did want to raise my kids Jewish, so we did belong to a temple and um, we had a female rabbi who was, who was gay, lesbian. She was married. And the funny thing is, is I spoke to somebody who was on the committee that decided to choose the rabbi. And I said, was that difficult for the committee that she was, um, that she was a lesbian? And they said, actually, no, they didn't mind so much. She was a lesbian. They were really bothered though, that, that the wife hadn't converted to Judaism yet. (laughs) (laughs) So as you can see, I come from a hell of a lot more liberal religious background. I have a very serious question now. Yeah. If they have kids, doesn't it go by the mother? They did have children. Who the mo- who does it go by then? Which mother? Okay. Well, it goes by the biological mother. Okay. But it also, they each had, I think they were the biological parent, they had two kids, they were each the biological parent of one. And I do know that prior to them having kids, the wife did convert. Okay. Because that was really, that was what was important. To the to the synagogue was that the 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 you know the rabbi's wife was Jewish, yeah. Okay, yeah. Thank you for clearing that up because yeah. I was just wigging out yeah. on that. No, we are a matriarchal society. That's why Jewish oh, women are in charge, fantastic. and why we always joke if we want a dominant man, we have to look outside the religion. Fantastic. <laughs> But one of the things that I that I learned as I was doing this, and I was, as I said, I had somebody reach out, one of our patrons, I'm not going to name names. They were very lovely. And they were talking about how they try to combine their faith with their love of BDSM. And I'm going to sound so fancy because they gave me all the good details. So they were talking about how they tried to work it all out. So one of the things that they said, one of the elders at their church had said, we have able and capable women in our church that would be better teachers than several of the men within the congregation. However, since 1 Timothy 2.12 states, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission, I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. Well, we all know how well that works with me and Rara. Well, that's why I'm Jewish, because we don't expect that. Um, But what was interesting, though, they said they kind of used that same uh, passage. Is that what is the proper Mm -hmm. terminology? Okay, To try to justify or not justify to integrate their faith in BDSM because the wife is submissive. So that kind of works for them. You know, this kind of reminds me of people that try to combine science and religious beliefs like sort of kind of working out that logic like uh who says well my favorite part about that one is you know the whole seven day thing god made the earth in seven days and did all that Mm -hmm. who says it was 24 hours long 
to to a god time would be infinite so what if like the billion years the dinosaurs were on the earth he was just they probably they they were just kind of messing around and going eh, i'm gonna do that for that's like a day right okay no that didn't work poof and then i'm gonna do these and by poof i mean send a big old um uh, massive extinction event <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need more coffee if we're going to have such deep philosophical conversations. Well, here. no, I mean, that's just kind of what it reminded me of. You're kind of combining two different things that traditionally would never go together, but you can still kind of figure out how they fit. Yeah. I, I, well, I'm trying to understand or guess I whatever, you know, like which comes first, the chicken or the egg. Are you did you read the passage and then translate that into the wife shall be submissive? Or are you trying to find the passages in the Bible that can be used to justify what you're doing? The yes. answer is a little bit of both. <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot of everything is about interpretation. You know, that's what everyone talks about when it comes to the Bible specifically is, oh, how are you interpreting it? And for someone who is both kinky and religious, there there's a combination of number one. I read these passages and how I interpret them determines basically what I'm allowed to get away with. And then there's also that I want to live this lifestyle. Let me go and find things that would support or provide evidence that this lifestyle would be okay. So I think there is, um, there, there's a little bit of both. There's a little bit of both. It's, I mean, look in Judaism, we say thou shalt not bathe thy child in thy mother's milk. And some and a bunch of men read that and went, oh, so you can't mix milk with meat. Huh? Exactly. Is the kid meat? The kid is goat. Oh, because a baby goat's a kid. Yeah, but. So. Oh, okay. Listen, this is this is what Mug's point was, is that it's the interpretation. And I know people like to throw out, well, this is God's word. No, this is how man interpreted, interpreted. God's word. Uh, sometimes I think Moses had a little bit of a language barrier. Listen, <laughs> well, so we at joke. The risk of sounding, at the risk of sounding slightly blasphemous, God's word is <laughs> very up for interpretation. Um, you, you know, and, and when people say this is God's word, it's written in the Bible. And I'm like, and I could take that so many ways. Like, that that one statement alone could mean five different things, and you could go five different places with it. Uh, so the, the, it's an interesting argument. I always kind of laugh when I hear that it's God's word, because I'm like, the reason we have so many denominations is people took the same book, interpreted a few things in different ways, and decided that their way was Okay. There's, so there's I don't think you need to worry about being blasphemous in this. <laughs> okay, but... Just oh, to, it, it gets much worse. Oh, I, I will. I will worse. ride this wave with you, my friend. I will. <laughs> so I love how you were talking about how it's the the interpretation. It's a bunch of different people taking a bunch of different interpretations. Oh, my God. Some of it is freaking letters that was written to other people. <laughs> it's not God's word at all. It's freaking letters from human men. And you guys took the original and created a sequel and decided that's what you were going to follow. It's true. Um, the one one <laughs> particular phrase that I've laughed at endlessly 
um, is people have taken to calling a lot of Christians Paulians because mm. much of the New Testament was written by Paul in different letters, like in anything, you know, Corinthians, Ephesians, First Timothy, Second Timothy, et cetera, et cetera. Literally et cetera. the letters and according to Paul. The letters according to Paul. And so people have just taken these and they've grasped so much onto those letters that some people have taken to calling them Paulians. And I love it because it's it it it's everything. It's everything. We could also be considered, and I say we, like, you know, <laughs> like I'm still in it, but they could also be considered uh, polytheistic. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. There's three of them. Holy Trinity. So yeah. I I love ripping that apart. I had an argument with somebody, uh, I don't know, probably a year ago. My neighbor is one of those very ultra right wing everything, you know, Bible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, do you have any idea what you're even saying? The Bible was written 500 years after the death of the person it's supposed to be about. So a bunch of this is word of mouth. A bunch of this is retranslated. Some of this shit was not even translated correctly. Who speaks Aramaic now? You speak Aramaic? Do the scholars speak Aramaic? No, nobody forget speaks Aramaic. So unless you've got a Doctor Who and a TARDIS, you ain't getting anything. You guys are like, oh my God. Okay, she's off. <laughs> no, I, I just don't know what I'm the hell you're talking this. about. So it's all good. Okay, go. Rara. The- <laughs> Constant. Okay, so Monk, you want to take this one? Tardis. I did know Tardis. I I do know Doctor Who. <laughs> the rest I didn't gonna... know. Chuck about the Bible was so, written five hundred years after Jesus. Yeah, the, the by at the time of the writing Constantine, of the Bible, right? There were well, there are several authors, and that's the thing is the Bible is a collection of different authors all throughout history. You know, obviously from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we've got like a sub like two thousand years, I believe it was. Um, I'd have to look that up. But Possibly even 6,000. Yeah, at the very least, it was a, a number in the quadruple digits. Uh, and then Jesus's life only really took up a around a 33-year span. 32 you know, this years. This is a very, by all accounts, small blip in time. Uh, 32. 32. Uh, and so by the time it was written about, it was uh, quite a few years after. Um, and then we get Paul, who was, oh, how many years after? I'd have to look that up. But stuff is to say, yeah. there's, there's a lot of, there's a long time between authors and stuff. Speaking of Jesus, do you know how we know Jesus was Jewish? <laughs> I know this one. <laughs> he lived at home until he was 30. He went into his father's business. He thought his mother was a virgin and his mother thought he was a god. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, just I saying. Love this. <laughs> I love that one. That's so perfect. <laughs> I, you know, as I said, in Judaism, we don't have this problem. In fact, one of the the fun things that I was researching, and I didn't even know this because, I, again, I'm not religiously Jewish. In um in Jew- Jewish law, or here, Dar, you'll love this word. It's called halacha, one of your favorite kind of sounds to make. <laughs> it's Dar's the cat been practicing. Dar- Dar's been practicing her. <laughs> See, 
Um, we actually, believe it or not, one of the laws says that a husband is obligated to satisfy his wife. Fuck yeah. Yes. Obligated. Fuck yeah. Service. Right? <laughs> Does that make him a service sub? Potentially. Ooh, I like it. So he, he can't is- say I have a headache? No. He can't. He's also, he must make sure that his wife is ready before they begin. Ooh. You like all that? I love this. It's establishing consent. Oh, I damn. Yeah. I like that. Told you I'm gonna I'm gonna have you all converted to Judaism by the time we're done. <laughs> I'm already halfway there, sister. So, just so Dara can go <laughs> whenever she feels like it. Yeah, I can say chutzpah. Oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm verklempt. And and holla. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also we also think that one should not be overly modest during sex. There must be close bodily contact. That means that a husband must not treat his wife in the manner of those who perform their marital duties in their clothes. Isn't there one so, religion that does that? Well, there there was rumor apparently at one point because I'd heard this that in order for Jews to have sex. This is my favorite. There was literally a sheet between them with a hole cut out in the sheet. I thought that was Amish. For the penis to go through. I don't know if it's Amish or not, but apparently that is just a rumor. It is not what we do in Judaism. Oh, we lost Monk. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I have no idea what happened. It it said I didn't have internet. So anyway, as I was saying, and Judaism also believes almost anything goes in the bedroom. And according to, let's say I'm going to, I want to read this right. According to Mishnah Torah, laws concerning forbidden relations, 21.9, since a man's wife is permitted to him, he may act with her in any manner whatsoever. He may have intercourse with her whenever he so desires and kiss any organ of her body he wishes. And he may have intercourse with her naturally or unnaturally in any manner, provided that he does not expend semen to no purpose. Okay, okay, okay. Hold up. That that just said that oral sex and anal sex is permitted as long as he doesn't like. Yep. Not it. He just has to not come. Uh, no, there has to be a purpose to the to the semen coming out. So, the purpose is, hey, I had fun doing it. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but yes, we do allow anal sex in Judaism. Cool, we're a kinky bunch of motherfuckers. So, in Christianity, absolutely none of that. That is sad. You should convert. We have better yeah. food too. Yeah. <laughs> wow, like <laughs> none of that. <laughs> Hey, Monk, did you get the the abstinence routine? Oh, boy. Okay, so again. Worms open. <laughs> my, my, my parent being a religious leader, I got the, the ultimate form of the abstinence talk. There was a book. There was a workbook. Uh, there was homework. And several discussions were had. That this really wasn't this wasn't one talk. I need you to know this was a series. This was a series, and it oh took about God. a month. Oh goodness! Um, I still have the book. 
I think I left the book at home, but I still have the book. My parents were su- are surprisingly enlightened. I will say they're not they're not as mm. sexually conservative as some other people I've met. Um, there was absolutely the no sex before marriage talk, though. Uh, did I ignore that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I got the. I sort of got it. It was more of a be safe and don't do that until you're absolutely positive you're ready. But my mother fully admitted that she and my dad had sex before marriage. She has also said that he is the only one she's ever been with. So that that was important to her. But I just um, was like, fuck that. I'm going to because why why buy the car before the test drive? I mean, really? Oh, my daughter said that. Yeah. I don't know if I've t- shared this story. This is how I'm raising my child. She said, I don't understand, mom, why people wait t- to have sex till they get married. What happens if you wait, you get married, and they suck, and they don't know what they're doing? In fact, neither one of you know what you're doing, and now what? Yeah, you're stuck that's with the them problem. Because you're stuck with them, and the sex is horrible, and why would you want that? My mother has flat said that sex is an incredibly important part of a marriage. This is what she said to me with my second husband when it turned out he was asexual and I wasn't getting any. And uh, I was whining about it. And she's just like, yeah, no, you can't live like that. That's a really that's like a healthy marriage has this. I was like, "Okay, well, my mom is telling me I need to go have sex. So. Better go have sex. (laughs) It doesn't matter. If it's what yeah. kind, honestly, as long as you are intimate and you have that, mm-hmm. who cares? When you, I mean, when you look at the reasons for dis- divorce, the top three are like communication, mm-hmm. sex, and money. Uh, and all of those are absolutely mm-hmm. important things to talk about. Obviously the communication, because if you're not communicating, but like intimacy in relationships is just as important as other needs. Uh, and I've talked to people who are like, I just, I just don't have any good sex. I'm not getting what I need. And I'm like, honestly, that's something to bring up. You know, a lot of people I think treat sex as this very taboo thing that you can't talk about. And, you know, if you're not getting it, well, that's just life. You have to live with it. And like, absolutely not. No, you deserve to live your best life. And that includes having your best sex. And if you're not getting that need met, mm-hmm. you need to talk about that. You know, that's something that your partner needs to know because that is a need of yours that's not being fulfilled. There you go. I, it's, what is that one saying, though? The opposite of the driving the car thing is who buys the cow when you can get the milk for free? I think that's... Have you guys heard that one? Yeah. Why buy the cow if you can yes. get the milk yeah, for free? Yeah. yeah, so that's what basically what I heard. Like, don't give it up for free because why would they want to marry you? But like, again, one, it's none of anybody else's business what goes on in my bedroom. So stop giving a shit about that. And two, who, I don't have any other point. That was it. Just who gives a shit? (laughs) Well, speaking of sex in or out of the bedroom, one of the things is, as, as this person had sent me, they said in Corinthians 7, 2, um, each man shall have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. So obviously this couple has decided they're not doing poly or threesomes or anything that involves multiple people. 
But I know uh, prior to, to Lulu that Monk that you identified as Polly. How did you work that out? So my poly, my polyamorous identification um, came about after I left the church. And that was one of the things that came about um, post-leaving. For, I was going to say, if, <laughs> that's one of the things that would be harder <laughs> to justify uh, as a Christian. If you were, like, if someone is religious, that's one of the things that would be a little bit harder to mm-hmm. uh, to justify. Because there are several but several, I mean, a lot of passages in the Bible that state that, you know, mm-hmm. one man and one woman or two people. Uh, so I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm an expert at finding loopholes. It's why I'm such a great brat. But I'm trying to think <laughs> of a loophole I could find. And it that one's pretty, that one's pretty airtight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one that came about after uh, I ended up leaving the church. And pre that my kind of view on things was that as long as I was remaining monogamous and only engaging with my partner, that I would be fine. Uh, and I know a lot of other Christians who yeah. practice like well, that. Well, how do we explain Felds then? The polyamory group out in uh, Utah? They're pretty dang religious, and yet mm. they say that Mormons. is part of their religion. So Mormons. Well, they made up their own. So... <laughs> So there is a certain sect of Mormonism that is splintered from the original church, from not the original church. Um, There is a certain sect of Mormons that have splintered from mainstream Mormonism that still do practice. They call it polygamy. It is slightly different than polyamory. Um, But yeah, there are there are certain religions that do permit it. However, they are fringe religions that aren't generally recognized as like mainstream. So I guess the only ones that we can really talk about with any authority are Judaism and Christianity, but there are five major world religions. So kind of wish, kind of wish we had somebody who could speak on those too. I've done a certain level of research on most major religions. I'm not very well versed on the Muslim religion. That is unfortunately the. That's actually the one I'm currently reading about. Um, I have ordered a Quran ah, mm. to start looking at because I'm just a very curious person. I believe, by and large, they also are a fairly monogamous religion. I want to say again. I, want I think to say there are right, but I also know that uh, Hindu, I think, used to not be. More recently, yeah. more monogamous, but I want to say that was the one that up until pretty recently was not monogamous. You could have more than one wife as long as you could support, like financially and whatever support. The history of monogamy um, is an interesting one, and especially how it intertwines with religion. Um, because honestly, monogamy as a widespread social construct is more of a recent development. Truly, it's been within the past couple hundred years that that's really come into like super mainstream. Everyone's monogamous. Pre that, there were many, many groups of people. Well, I think like right in the in the olden days in the wild, wild west, the number of men to women was like radically different. And so you had a little more uh, polyamorous relationships going. Well, I know that there was one 
uh, one you culture also... in, I don't know exactly where in Asia, there's like a very specific um, cultural group who uh, a woman would marry brothers. And that way the land would pass to the children, but it would be in like a group to the children of that one woman because they didn't know who, which of the brothers were the father. So it would all just go through the woman instead of the brothers, but they would all be the kids of the same family. Hmm. That was a very smart way to deal with that. particular. And then the land wouldn't get split. So, so one of the things that came up when I was listening to the, there was a, a podcast episode about this woman and her religious, the, uh, the thesis on BDSM is religion. One of the things that came up was, and I'll make sure I'm, is it flagellants? Is that what it's called? When they, when they hit themselves? Wait, wait, for... wait. Flatulence is farting. Fla- I said with a G, not a Flag- T. Flagulation. Thank you. Uh, flagellation. Flagellation. I did not say flatulence with a T. I know <laughs> that. It sounded like you did. And I was like, well, that's a uh, whole different kink. No, I know. And I don't have that kink. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but there, there was, she was talking about that relationship between the, the, the hitting of yourself to kind of relieve the guilt mm-hmm. and all that, which, which does seem to kind of correlate to punishment within kink of you get punished and all is forgiven and all is all is right pain in religion has been it, it's been a staple for a long time um there are a lot of instances of self-flagellation or uh, other people flagellating you um but yeah through when you look throughout history religion and like physical pain have a very it's um, penance you do a sin, yeah. yeah you have the to idea penance of, for it, and usually it's some sort of like. Well, it used to be some sort of physical thing, but now it's just say a whole bunch of hail marys and you're good. <laughs> I would imagine it's it's quite the struggle if you are a person of faith to try to get this all to integrate and work together. Uh, one of the interesting things is I was years ago I was talking to somebody who. Uh, was a religious educator for Judaism. And we actually were talking about my, my deep and abiding love and obsession with pork, um, which if you know, Judaism is technically against the religion. Um, and I said, I would have no problem standing in front of God saying, you're damn right that I ate pork a lot and ate every single bacon cheeseburger I could get my hand on, but I was good to people and I treated people well. And she told me with, within Judaism that that actually was more important. That God would care more that I treated people well and correctly and nicely than whether or not I had bacon. And I don't know if there's something similar within Christianity or... Unfortunately, I, not universally, shall we say. Um, Christianity is one of those religions where like belief in God and following God's law is absolutely paramount. And like the Bible says that, um, faith or good works without faith is worthless, you know? 
And so there's unfortunately this idea that no matter how good you are, no matter how good, how many good things you do, if you are, uh, if you break God's law and you don't repent, you know, it's awful. And you, yeah. So the good news is if you plan it right and you're not in like a car accident where it's instantaneous, if you're like dying over an extended period of time, you have this thing called last rites, at least in Catholic, you know, religions. Catholic, I don't know if they do it in any of the other forms of Christianity, but in Catholicism, you can get a priest. He can come say, okay, you're forgiven. Bless, bless. You're clean. And you are pure as virgin snow when you die. And you can, as long as you don't like think something bad right before you die, instantaneous pass to heaven. <laughs> Escalator straight up. Yeah, we don't go to hell. We don't believe in hell for us. So you remember the other day when you were doing all those jokes and I said, oh my God, you're going to hell? Yeah, no, I'm not. But yes, yes. I was telling somebody about that and I was like, yeah, but she's not because she's Jewish. So we're the chosen people. We don't go to hell. I'm sorry for the rest of you suckers, but we don't go. <laughs> we have to earn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking the express lane down. I mean, I am, whew, man. And, and that's what's funny is like by by Christian standards, I am like everything. I am everything that's wrong <laughs> with this country. I mean, I'm I'm young, I'm liberal as fuck, I I'm queer, I like men, I I mean I like everything. <laughs> but like what I and what I noticed, and this was like a huge thing for me, is like that didn't change my good nature. Like I still like to help people, you know, I will still share my mcdonald's with someone if they don't have it i will still go out of my way to make sure um people have what they need like a great example i am a teacher and i just bought some very expensive musical supplies for someone just because they didn't have it and i had the ability to do it you know so i i, I think there's this some link that some people draw between being religious and being good when the reality of it is those things are very mutually. Yeah. It's, I, I almost see like, I, I know that this particular person who sent me this information, how, oh, you okay there? <laughs> Sorry. I got the hiccups. I see that. <laughs> you need to stop drinking when we do this. <laughs> um, I know this particular person seems to be able to pull pieces from here and there to, to just, not, I don't want to say justify, to be able to have the kink and the faith co peacefully coexist. But it seems to me that's almost impossible. Like they've really had to stretch and, and work really, really hard to make that happen. And it would be almost easier to just pick one or the other. Yeah. And I, and I think what what i've told people is would it be offensive to god or would it be offensive to other christians because those <laughs> yeah. are two different standards you know and 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 i think i honestly think if you're someone who's religious and you want to enter into a kinky relationship and you see in the bible that like these are the things that justify it and if you can justify it to god honestly you don't need to justify it to other christians because their opinion means jack shit all right, so let's get to some fun stuff about the people who <laughs> who who incorporate religious play. 
I've seen one dom in particular, he likes to wear um, what looks like a priest's collar. I don't know what the if there's an official name for that thing. Collar. Frock. I, I just call I it a priest's collar. If I remember um, correctly. And he does scenes that way. Of course, we call the crosses the St. Andrew's cross. And like I've told you where that part came from, right? Well, just in case we have people who ah, might yes. be listening out of order. Though don't tell Dar if you do, because that'll just drive her Oh nuts. God, no, don't. Please don't but, listen but, out of order. Holy shit. Just in case you've missed it, would would you share with the audience again, please? The St. Andrew's cross is because Andrew was one of the disciples, was one of the twelve apostles. So when they when the Romans then went after the apostles and started killing them, they put him on a cross, but because that was like their preferred method of execution, uh, except they turned his into an X, and yeah, so therefore St. Andrew's cross. You're making my life very difficult with this popping in and out business, okay? Which makes me happy. When her life is difficult, I, I'm happy. I am a, listen, I am a sadist. I live <laughs> for difficult things. And you're that mental masochist, so this is right up your alley, Dara. It's not physical pain. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I had uh, my ex-girlfriend who was a pro-dom had a latex nun's outfit and had the occasional request for scenes with that on and pretending to be the the nun who wrapped the knuckles for the bad behavior and Do all of that. Do you have any idea how many people say that that was their introduction to kink and they like getting hit because the nun at school would hit them? Okay, is it because the nun hit them or the fact that the nun hit them and they liked it made them go, huh, I think I'm kinky. Same thing. I don't, I don't actually yeah. understand the difference. Well, because one is you made me. It's like somebody saying, Oh, well, because I had a gay teacher, I'm now gay versus I was always gay, but I didn't realize it until I met the gay teacher. And by watching them, I realized, wait, I was the same. And so now I'm gay. That's the difference. I don't think that's a very good analogy, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're blaming the gay teacher for you being gay versus blaming the nuns for you being kinky. Okay. Whatever. Either way, you got hit. You're now kinky because that was like a thing. And you were like, oh, hey, this is kind of nice. I used to get hit. So now I like it when nuns hit me. Hoo-hoo. Though I would think on the knuckles would be painful. I don't know why that would be fun. Mm, apparently, they used to switch, it's, switch it's you on the painful. butt, too. Okay, that. Yeah, I'm all up for that. I'll sign up for that. Mm-hmm. But is it? I'm not dressing I, up as a nun for you, Rara. That's okay. I don't have that kink. It's fine. I, 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 but I am fascinated by it. Is it a case of trying to go against societal norms, or is it a case of basically fuck you to the religion? Like, what, what is it about that that draws people in? Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll go like my personal case and then like on a broader level in my personal case it's the huge <laughs> fuck. um i 
after leaving the church, you know, um, especially in like current times, there's a lot of anger there. Uh, and I will freely admit in myself that I am a very angry person towards organized religion. Currently. Samesies. Um, I can be kind. I, I can be nice to them, but I still really dislike them. Um, so for me, playing with religion is a huge fuck you. And I do go out of my way to be as blasphemous <laughs> as possible uh, in my play. On a wider level, though, um, first, it, 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 it varies. You know, for some people, it's absolutely a fuck you. For some people, it's like a way to more deeply connect with their spirituality. You know, engaging... You know, we talked about intimacy, engaging in intimacy where there's very strong feelings and very strong emotions can actually really bring people closer to their religion and their spirituality. Um, and, you know, uh, re reason, whatever their reason is, you know, if that's how they choose to connect and go deeper with um, their spiritual life, that's that's another reason. people do it. Uh, and for some people, it's just. It's just fun. It's taboo, and they're excited. It's not necessarily a fuck you, but it's taboo. It's exciting. It's something that a lot of people don't do. And some people just like doing what a lot of people don't like to do. <laughs> so you bring up spirituality. Uh, what do you consider the difference between like spirituality and being religious or having faith? Do you think they're the same? Are they different? I think spirituality is more of a general term. Um, some, someone saying that they're spiritual doesn't point any specifics to a type of religion. It's just, I have spirituality, uh, versus someone who says I'm religious. There's generally a religion associated with that. You know, if someone says I'm religious, I'd be like, okay, are you Christian? Are you Hindu? Are you Muslim? Are you Jewish? Uh, so there's just generally a bit more specifics allocated to being religious. I like that. Yeah. That way you can be, that's why people can say uh, spiritual without being religious because they, they're not associating themselves with a particular religious code of morality. Yep. Uh, one of the interesting things that I'm seeing in kink is a large amount of kinksters who identify as like Wiccan mm, or pagan. I was just going to bring that up. Way, way more than I seem to see outside of kink. Now I know very li little about paganism. I admit that freely. Um, so you, you see that too, Dara, you see a, Oh yeah. Seems like a because it's a lot less restrictive when it comes to like sexuality and moral codes and all of that. The literally only rule like hard, fast rule is as it harm none, do what thou will. Because if you send a migraine to somebody, for example, that's going to come back and cause a stroke on you. Like it comes back to bite you in the ass. Um, the whole threefold law, if you send out negative energy, it's going to come back to you three times the amount that you sent out. But if you send out positive energy, that's also going to come back to you three times. So it's literally don't fuck somebody else up. Other than that, game on, go. And the fun part is that co that covers very well BDSM because if someone gains enjoyment from, let's say, some physical hurt, um, while you may be hurting someone, you are not harming them. Um, and again, this, this very that rule very much covers harming someone without their. 
Yeah, I told so. somebody I wanted to hurt their body, not their feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's part of it. Oh well, okay. I I like hurting feelings too, though. I <laughs> not not without consent, True. but I do like hurting. Yeah, that feelings. would be I'm the humiliation into, fetish. I'm not into that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hurt your feelings, just your body. I, Rara, you hurt my feelings all the time. Yeah, but that's because you like it. I didn't yeah. say I like it. I do it because you like it. Uh, no, you like uh-huh. it. Uh-huh, no, that's why I do you it. Enjoy I do it. it. You enjoy no, it. Like no, 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 <laughs> shut up. You know you love it. <laughs> if I get a little bit of enjoyment from it, so A little it. bit. A little bit. Really? Come on, Rara, admit it. Just a little bit. Just, no, just say it. I just like driving you crazy. A lot that's of really it. really what it comes, th- that I like a lot. Driving you crazy. Same goes, honey. I know. <laughs> okay, so what else about religion and kink? Because, again, this is hard for me because it's not an issue for me. One, I don't view myself as being re- really super religious. And two, as Jews, except for, of course, the extremes, because in every religion you have extremists, even in Judaism, we're a pretty liberal bunch of folks. <laughs> Is there anything so, that we haven't brought up yet? You might want to bring up how religious play actually works. Like, what does religious play actually look like? Knock yourself uh, out. Should... <laughs> oh, perfect. I, I am I'm so, so glad you asked. Um, Go. <laughs> right? I'm you so asked the question, asked now answer Mark, it. Mark, you answer? <laughs> Great exactly. interview tactic. We are so I smart. I doing that. We're geniuses. Um, you're genius. You are geniuses. Um, so... How religious play actually works is a very varied answer. Um, And I kind of break it into a few different categories. We'll start with my favorite, which is blasphemous play. And these are types of play that are like very much designed. to. This is is the fuck you, (laughs) you know, this is the kinds of play where if someone saw that they'd get offended. Awesome. And I I think that could be my my Um, favorite too. Yeah, exactly. I I dig it. Let's go. There, like, I'll just provide some examples for that. Um, that would be something like using a Bible as an impact implement, um, using a cross that was built as supposed to be built as a cross as an impact implement. Um, certain things can be insertables, make sure they're uh, safe. Rosary beads, like rosary okay. beads. No, no, no. Ooh. Rosary beads, uh, as long as they're properly <laughs> sealed, uh, it, as long like if they're made of wood, they're properly oh, God, sealed. Can you imagine a giant rosary thing. as like anal beads? I think he can. Yes, I've seen it done. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. It's it's glorious. But now all I can think of is the scene in The Exorcist where she has the cross and she's like, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. Oh my God, that's taking on new meaning now. Uh-huh. <laughs> There, yeah. Um, you can you can buy um, toys, insertable or not, that are shaped like religious objects. Um, having a cross being used as a paddle is probably the most popular one. But if you take a piece of wood and you take a Bible and you glue the Bible to the piece of wood with like the piece of wood going through the Bible, you have a pretty good paddle. Um, can that's we all I'm do? Say. Okay, first of all, I'm going to say something so freaking blasphemous right now. I'm like really into this. Rara, yes. you keep wanting to get me into impact. Yeah. What if we did like a I'm trying to convert you to Christianity scene and using all the impact tools to do it? 
<laughs> I threatened somebody with the exorcism scene once. How would that work? Their head doesn't really spin. So. Well, it was the, the lady that I had a couple clients ago. She was screaming so loud and kind of noises. I was like, oh, my God, are you possessed for real? I've seen scenes like that where the person does sound like there's some sort of possession taken over their body. Mm -hmm. Satan. Satan has taken over. But in those cases, I really think Satan is in the sadist's body. But that's just me. Got any other stories? So you got the blasphemy. Then you've got. Um, Oh, we're we're, we're not quite done with blasphemy. Um, another part of blasphemy can be in like how you actually construct scenes. Um, one very fun scene that you can construct, and this is just an example, um, is having someone safe word be "I renounce God" or "I renounce mm-hmm. whatever deity you so choose," um, and that's that can get very interesting um, because like there's there's this internal struggle between I. I want to stop, but also like saying I renounce God is some serious, serious crap. Like that's, that's not something that anyone will just say. And again, as, as it should be said, all of this should be negotiated. Don't just go up to some random person and just be like, you're safe or does I renounce God? That, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be kosher for lack of a better term. Uh, but you know, Having having someone like having the point of a scene would be literally to renounce God is like a, a fun way to commit blasphemy amongst friends. Amongst friends. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um so going on, the the second type I would say is things that are not necessarily blasphemous, but use aspects of religion. So this could be like religious rituals, um, Things that we often associate re- with religion being in a kinky sense. And this one isn't necessarily like specific to a specific religion. It's just my, for example, uh, worship, worshiping someone. You know, this concept of worshiping um, is very much tied with religion. And we definitely bring that into the kink sphere. Um, you know, we can use it in the titles that we have. You know, Someone calling someone God or goddess or goddess. Mm-hmm or a priest, or, you know, there there are any number of religious titles that can be used. Um, And so those kinds of play are honestly probably the most common thing that you'll see. Um, Just adding it from, you know, just adding to it that um, perspective of this is a religious thing we're doing. You know, like me worshiping my partner is a religious ritual that we engage in. That's another type of religion. Um, and then there are types of religious play that do venerate religion. Um, you know, things that may not even be blasphemous and would probably be okay within the faith. And that that's probably the most rare type. Um, but, you know, you could have a scene where a very strict nun is teaching someone about the Bible and, you know, they're learning like the whole point is they're get they're getting something out of it, but you're engaging in a little bit of fun. So there, there, those are kind of the three main types I would say. Um, but as with anything, it's really kind of infinite. Whatever you want to do is probably going to. Work My out. very very first scene that I ever did 
with uh, like a, well, I guess what really brought me into the fold, it was my first sub drop. It was my first subspace, first sub drop kind of situation. Uh, we had concocted a scenario that I was a succubus that had been called forth or whatever it is and appeared on a church altar and he was a priest <laughs> and he had to fuck me on the altar. Sounds fun. Oh, it was great. That's very fun. I don't know what that category would be. Blasphemy for sure. Oh, cool. Depends on if you, the, the level depends on if you actually used a church altar. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would probably be a line I wouldn't cross. Uh, mostly because public. <laughs> so, so even for you, that's too much. Yeah. Now, there is actually a case of this happening. Um, and I happen to have met one of the people involved. I haven't talked with her about it specifically, but it, it is like public knowledge. There was in a case, and I believe it was Louisiana, of two dominatrixes and a priest. Sounds like the beginning uh, of a joke. Who were engaging. Did they walk into a bar? <laughs> oh, it, it's... They're, they were they were doing sinful things on the altar. Um, and someone someone from the church saw the lights on. They looked in. Uh, were probably suitably horrified by what was taking place and called the cops. Um, so here's a question. Is there video? Am I condoning this... I don't think that video ever got released. I Dar's bummed. Damn. Uh, <laughs> now, would I condone that behavior? Mm. See, there there is a part of me, despite my dislike for organized religion, that I I will respect people and their like custom and how they choose to uh, believe, whether or not I agree with them. So I probably wouldn't go to an active church and do something like that. But I would absolutely, if I had the money, buy a church that was being sold and proceed to host very sinful things in there. I would do that. Actually, that's been a fantasy of mine for a really long time. I would love to buy a straight up gothic church and convert it into a house. And then, of course, there would be a dungeon in the basement. Of course. Can't have your own house without a dungeon. I don't. (laughs) <laughs> i'm i'm in it right now <laughs> this studio is actually in the dungeon yeah i if i take down all the sound panels behind it is the dungeon Ah, uh, okay it serves this way we have inspiration when we record because we are surrounded by a saint andrew's cross and a spanking bench and hard points on my toys. Not that we can actually see any of it because right. all the sound panels block it out, but, but we know it's but there. But we know it's there. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of hidden things in this room. Um, to be fair, I'd share it with a roommate who's not <laughs> in the lifestyle, so they, they stay away. <laughs> that sounds fun. All right, so any... <laughs> it's very any fun. Any final thoughts, words, messages... I mean, other than, like, enjoy yourself, you know, um, taboo things are fun, and they're they're taboo for a reason, and a lot of it is because of societal shame surrounding things, but, like, just as a, as a general life thing, um, society is influenced by a lot of things, and not all of them may fit your morals, and though your morals may not fit societies, as long as they're positive 
um, and they don't harm anyone. I say, as go. it harm none, do what thou will. So, are we now mm. all officially pagan? I'm not prepared to give up chop liver. I mean, I'm. <laughs> what? I like chop liver. So. I don't want to give that. You can chopped liver and bagels. Yes. Don't we have a couple of pagans yeah. in the patron group? Ask them. I don't think there's any like restrictions. All right, just making sure. I'm not prepared to give those up. They're important to me. <laughs> Do I still get to say things like chutzpah and vaklem? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. As long as I can still Absolutely. say holla. <laughs> We're working on that. Oh, I'm sorry. Holla. Thank you. <laughs> I mispronounced it. My bad. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do it, do it right. Damn it. I got to brush up on my Yiddish for this uh, episode about religion. Yeah. Oh, or maybe I should have brushed up on my yeah, Latin. Though Yiddish really isn't a religion. It's just a I... language. It's the language of a religion. No. Ish. Hebrew is our Hebrew is our is oh, our language. The heck with that. I don't even know. But uh, Yiddish, let's see. I, I know one actually phrase. came about because of World War II and the whole oh. German German Hebrew combination. Um, I know one phrase in Latin okay. that may be appropriate right now. Go for it. Mea culpa. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that means, actually. Uh -huh. I, watch, I watch television. I know what My it means. My bad. <laughs> Such such an appropriate uh -huh. thing to say. No, I was gonna, if you were if you were doing a like a super Catholic scene, that that would be. I think Dar's gonna yeah. start using it now. Oh, I'm so going to do it. But I I just one more thing. If you're, <laughs> this is such a Catholic joke. Uh, young girl goes into the confessional. You know, sits, opens the priest, opens the screen, and she says, she says. Bless me, daddy, for I did a bad thing. And he goes, I told you, it's bless me, father. Seen that one. That's yeah. a good one. I love I like that, that one. All right, Monk, where can people find you? What? Uh-oh, Monk is yeah. frozen again. Oh, no. All right. Can you hear You're me? frozen wait. more than Elsa. Oh, Come oh, on. It's safe? <laughs> we'll wait, Monk. We'll, be, we'll have to leave and yeah. be back momentarily. Oh, fuck. Me. Oh. You feel better now? Yeah. Been dying to do that this whole time. What flavor is that? I think it's like cotton candy. Ooh. It's a it's a peep. Okay. On today's episode of I really, <laughs> really hate my Wi-Fi. I, well, no, I think what happened is you've pissed God off, and this is this, this, was, is the this retaliation. Would be it. This <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. As I was asking before, we were so rudely interrupted by Wi-Fi or lack or God. of or God. Uh, where can people find you if they want to follow you on social media? What a great question. Uh, you can find me <laughs> mostly on TikTok. That is by far where I have the largest quest, uh, present. You can also find me on things like Instagram. Uh, Twitter is where the, I mean, if you want to see other things, go to Twitter. You can find, you can find me there. <laughs> um, 
I am open. As she runs, <laughs> I'm running to Twitter. Yes. There's, there's, I was going to say, what kind of dirty nonsense do you have on there? Um, I'll let you know in a minute. It. <laughs> like basically all of it. Um, you can also find me on FetLife, Phrygian underscore Monk. And I do have a Discord server uh, where I and several other awesome people teach classes on a fairly regular basis. I believe in... So I am in that server... I don't think I've ever actually looked in it. There there are things. There are actually things that go on. Don't take don't take it personally. Dara doesn't social media. Oh, I, I, I never take it personally. It's okay. I mean, I've taken things personally, but... <laughs> but never it. I've never Ooh, taken... You almost it. made me choke on my peep. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a peep sucker. It's such a cute peep sucker. That's what we're calling. That's what the kids call it these days. <laughs> does Does Daddy Jay know you're referring to him as a peep sucker? Wouldn't I be the peep sucker? You'd be the peep sucker. He'd be the peep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling him you said that. I'm telling him you called it a peep. Oh, you really should follow Monk on Twitter. Just say it. I don't think I have Twitter. I've actually forgotten everything that's it's good stuff. I've forgotten everything that's on there, but I believe that there's some good things on there. I am amazed Twitter allows this stuff. I I don't know. It's probably Am I gonna I have to make a Twitter? All right. I don't know. You might have to, apparently. <laughs> well, before Monk freezes again, <laughs> I'm going to start referring to you as Elsa, by the way. I have decided. Appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> let it go just let, let it go, go. <laughs> uh well thank you so much <laughs> and uh i will catch you probably in a late night live where i will stay up way past my bedtime because i always have such a blast I when i go live, live with, with monk i was gonna say i think i'm going live tonight actually so we'll, we'll see uh, well, provided that I don't get stormed out, I am going to the dungeon tonight for the third actually, week in a row. It's not so bad right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll cross our fingers. All right, Monk, thank you so much. This has been a blast as always. And I'm sure we'll have you back on again because I definitely have more subjects in, in, the, in the plans that I'd like to get your very intellectual input on. Oh, perfect. I have more subjects to give input on. thanks for hanging out with us today if you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share you can send us a voicemail and maybe it'll be featured in an episode just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us follow us on social media on twitter Instagram and FetLife, we are Pink Kink Podcast. And on TikTok, we are Pink Kink Podcast 2.0. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast, and hang out with other Pink Kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to help support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pink kink podcast. You can also help support our affiliates, which benefits small businesses and Pink Kink. 
Even if you can't show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review Pink Kink on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The five-star reviews really help. Don't forget to subscribe to Pink Kink so you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. Until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted. Stay twisted.